This episode of Dopey is brought to you by our friends at Aloe Recovery, located in sunny Silver Lake and Malibu. Aloe is created by our friend Bob Forrest and his friends Evan, Bob, and Jared as a place for addicts to get treated with compassion and connection rather than control. They have decades and decades of experience treating addiction, including severe mental illness, and they have amenities that would make the best resorts blush with jealousy, including sweat lodge, fucking sound bath meditation, equine therapy, surfing, and more. If you are fucked and you need a place to go, I really recommend going to Aloe. I have friends that have been there and they cannot say enough about it. Check out Aloe. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our friends at Pink Cloud. Pink Cloud is the premier 12-step meeting finder app created by a person in recovery for other people in recovery. Find meetings in small towns, big cities, and everything in between, no matter where you are worldwide. They've got over 245,000 meetings to search for from AA, NA, CMA, even Al-Anon, and Alateen. When COVID hit, they started adding Zoom meetings. They added over 22,000 online meetings worldwide, and they're happy to announce there's online options now in all 50 states. And as of this week, they have over 1,500 virtual NA meetings to choose from. They are consistent, stable, and well-designed. Use Pink Cloud with serious peace of mind. Totally anonymous, no profiles, logins, usernames, or connections to social media, and absolutely zero data is collected from users. Pink Cloud also includes a growing set of tools for your sober toolbox, bookmarking meetings and tracking attendance, watching for resentments, taking your own inventory, not your friends, creating prayers and keeping a journal are all features available on the app. If meetings are important to your recovery, download Pink Cloud and make your life easier. Available on the Apple App Store or on the Google Play Store. Keep your shit together with Pink Cloud. This episode is also brought to you, most importantly, by listeners like you in the Dopey Nation through the power and the passion of the Dopey Patreon page. It's a lot of peas. This week on Dopey Patreon, I slaved over a hot computer for three hours to bring you the Dopey Music Extravaganza with my father. Check it out for free on Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com slash dopeypodcast. Check it out. Kick a few bucks down. Help me get out of my job. 
I want to do Dopey full time. If you give a couple of bucks to Patreon, it can make that dream come true. Thank you. Also, if you want merchandise, go to dopeypodcast.com. We have amazing gear available from our friends at SRO Prince. They're just a couple of junkies in recovery like us. And we have amazing stuff. The new Good So Bad tank top is hot off the press. The dopey mugs are filling with coffee as we speak. Check it out at dopeypodcast.com. I have stickers that are about to get shipped. We have the new holographic Dopey Nation sticker. We have the Dopey Coin holographic sticker and all your other favorites. Check it out on Venmo. Just Venmo me some money and I will send you that shit. Include your address. Enough with the ads. Here is the show. And welcome to Dopey, the podcast on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I am Dave, and it's such a wonderful night for me. (laughs) It is my five-year anniversary, and I am celebrating with my favorite person, the most beautiful partner (laughs) I could have, and podcast partner this evening, the lovely Linda. And we're, it means because I got five years tonight, it means that we're coming up on five years back together. Yeah. We never keep track of that. Should we start marking it on the calendar? I don't know. When, when would, we didn't know when it would be. be <laughs> or what do we do for our... The, uh, for, I told a friend of mine that it was your five-year anniversary. And Who did she, you tell? Uh, Jill. And she said, uh, I hope you guys have a great day about and I'm like well what exactly would one do for a five-year anniversary of someone being sober you know do we you know have a picnic do well, you we, could have you baked know, cookies you could have right, baked I mean something. well well you know do what should I buy you roses that would should be you nice. maybe buy me why should I some sort of gift why should I be buying what do you mean <laughs> why should I buy it's you it's just gift? funny like who should be celebrating who I think you should be celebrating no, me. No, I, I actually I mean to be to. Why know. should I be celebrating you on my? Because I five stuck year around for all this madness. You didn't. You didn't stick around. You well, left. That's why it worked. Right. But anyway, I I, I do want to say that I'm very proud of you, and I saw that picture you posted of our family today with the, and it hit. It really hit me that five years is pretty incredible. Um, Were you saving it up for the podcast? Why? Because I didn't say. Yeah, it today. We, we've been we've been around all day. Well, you know, saving, saving it I was, up. I was saving it up, but yeah, I think it's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. Um, it it's is a lo- and it's a long time. It doesn't. It feels like a lifetime. It doesn't sound like a long time. No, but it, it sounds like a long time when you have five days, or you have thirty days, or you have right. sixty days. The like idea- ten years seems like oh okay, but five years. I don't know. I guess that doesn't feel as major to you. I don't know. It, I've never come close to five years before, and I've I, I've I've had moments or days where I couldn't get five days. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I'm I'm very happy that I have five years. I'm very proud of myself that I have five years. I'm very happy that you came back to me and we had a we put our family together. I'm happy about all of it. Um, it's also Chris's birthday this week. It would have been his oh, okay. his uh, thirty. Sixth birthday this week. Gosh, I, I always forget how young he was. Yeah, 
And um, so we're celebrating Chris's birthday. We're celebrating my five years. Linda and I are on vacation. We're in the basement. <laughs> what? The, an- f- the anniversary of that is that we survived a week on vacation with Grandpa Alan. Susan. Holy shit. So I think our week surviving this vacation is just as commendable <laughs> as your five years. See, I'm telling you, I don't think you value the five years nearly enough. No, I do. Um, trust me, I trust me, I do. And I also think that uh, I think a week at home is much less, much more relaxing than a week of vacation with the children. It's, I think the week yeah. of vacation is like they should pay you to go on va- vacation with your kids, right. especially our kids. Right? You know, it's like fucking. It's out of hand, you know. I mean, it's been a lovely trip, and we are in the basement of my father's opulent lake house. Well, Dave and I were talking about how there's something to be said about structure and about having some kind of order, and I think you sort of need that with um, small kids to have some to keep your sanity to a certain extent. And what's been really interesting about this vacation was traveling during the coronavirus. Um, and that every single place we went, there was a different rule. Um, some places you had to wear a mask to kind of walk in and out of a, a beach area. Restaurants, you know, I, get, I think people probably live in different areas and are seeing there's different, each restaurant is different, each state is different. So everywhere we went, there was a different, um, Something different that we had to do. I think the craziest thing is bizarro. You leave town. You know, you're used to the way your town is. And in our town, we don't really take the kids anywhere. You know, we we take the kids to your parents' house. We take Susan, the little one, for walks. We take Nora to her softball games, which don't require masks. And but um, they have to sit six six feet apart in the dugout. Right. Yeah, they people are trying their best, but then there's these really weird um, I don't want to say they're inconsistencies, but like, for example, a small town near our house. If you sit outside in the street and eat, you don't have to wear a mask. But if you're walking down the street, past the people sitting outside in the street, you have to wear a mask. So you're literally within you know a foot of one another. So there's a lot of that stuff that's hard to wrap your brain around. To me, the interesting thing is leaving our town during a pandemic. Long Island. You know, leaving just leaving our town. Like, right. you pack up the car and you start driving, and it, it reminds me of like a like a zombie movie kind of thing that you don't know what you're going to encounter on the road. Like, we stopped someplace upstate um, by uh, Poughkeepsie to get food, and they said in Dunkin' Donuts they they, oh, they said yeah. the bathroom was out of order, but you know that bathroom wasn't out of order. Yeah. They just didn't want you they in didn't there. They didn't want these nasty people in the their corona bathroom. people in the yeah. bathroom, and they didn't like you guys. You guys went she, in there. The girl did not like me. And she kicked you right out. Yeah. And we went to another restaurant, and they didn't have any rolls. Like, what kind of thing is that? They didn't, like, well, they didn't like you, and they didn't want you in your... No, they, they didn't have rolls. Your requests. We, had, the, we wound up getting a chicken parmesan on a wrap. It was, oh, it was disgusting. Yeah. But you feel this... We, and, and we ran, and we peed on the side of the road. And, and we ate sitting on, the, <laughs> on we, the street. Sitting on the street in the parking lot. Well, Dunkin' Donuts had all the... Everything, all the chairs were on top of the tables. You couldn't eat inside the Dunkin' Donuts. Where the Dunkin' Donuts in my town... You are allowed to eat in the Dunkin' Donuts. So it's it's so sounds so stupid, but those little things can really throw you the fuck off. Well, Lynn, like why can't I sit down in this Dunkin' Donuts? 
where they don't, you, you no, but I'm just but saying. But why can we at home and right. why can't and, we and, and Dave and I were talking about that that can really make somebody a little wacky. Like you're used to just certain things being a certain way. And you like a certain level of um, consistency. Consistency, and so what's been interesting about traveling during this time is every restaurant had a different. You know, some places didn't give a shit if you wore a mask to go to the bathroom in the restaurant. Some places covered. Uh, remember, they all the condiments were in the middle of the table, and it was covered with a with with plastic that you had to like peel the plastic off when you sat down. Other places didn't really care as much. So the hotel we stayed at, they didn't care so if we wore great. a mask. Um, yeah, the old people who own the hotel, every time they looked at you, they kind of looked at you like, do you mind if I don't have my mask on? They give you this look, and I'm like, I don't, I guess I don't care. Well, my favorite moment, or one of my favorite moments, and I think it was a great family bonding moment, is we're at that little fucking strip mall in Poughkeepsie, I think it was in Hopewell, and we have to go to the bathroom, and the bathroom and, and the Dunkin' Donuts is closed, and Linda's like, let's get in the car and drive to the gasoline. And I'm like, fuck that. Right. Let's just run to the woods and, yeah. and, and urinate, as my father Good thing would I say. had those baby wipes. So uh, we all go to the <laughs> woods, and, and I'm the, I'm the, uh, somehow I've become the most manly person in the family. Well, maybe yeah. you're more manly than me. Yeah, well, but, but, um, it's even. It's but, new- but we get to there, and, and, and Nora and Susan and Linda are squatting and... Well, we're girls, so in we, the woods, and I'm and I'm pissing against a tree, and it's like that's a real moment. You were tagging the tree like a wolf. I was tagging my territory. Yeah. Um. But I think it was fucking. Uh, that was a real family these are, bonding these are moment. Real, these are these are memories, you know, that'll live on. The last a lifetime. Did you remember that we peed on the side of the road by Poughkeepsie? You know, this has been an intense week, so I didn't. I forgot about that. The five years thing to me. Is um, it's just interesting because I don't I don't think about my time. You know what I mean? Like I don't consider my time all the time. And um, and I woke up this morning and like two nights ago was one of the worst nights we ever had. I, I was recording, and if you guys didn't listen to it, you should check out the Patreon music <laughs> extravaganza. It took me like three hours to make it. I recorded it with my dad, and as we were recording it. There was like the biggest, craziest thunderstorm here. Right. Like the the thunder was like loud, like the sky was splitting open and the rain was fucking torrential and it was very, very stormy. And uh, and Linda was supposed to record the Patreon episode with me and my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, they made fun of me at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. So I kicked Linda out. So I'm not on it. You, yeah, you you're, you're off. Me? You're off of it. Wow. So I kicked I kicked Linda out. And then we have to talk about Woodstock because you forgot that. I place. didn't forget. I'm okay. building up to all this stuff. And I so sent- Dave asked me and Alan together because we're staying at Alan's house up at his lake house. So he said, "Oh, this you know, I'll have them both come on the show." So me and Alan were so we're so giddy and excited. You were not excited. You were mad. Well, I was excited. You were mad. Once I came down with Alan, we started to get like like. We started having fun, and and we started teasing Dave. And he basically deleted everything I said and told me to get lost. I said, you got to go. As you would say, got to go. He said, he went, got to go. And so actually he kicked us both off. So me and Alan both kind of like hung our heads low and and moped and went back upstairs. And then he goes, oh, actually, Dad, come back. Because I knew I could deal with him. I couldn't work with you. You You were too temperamental for me to work with. So then... I, I, I literally worked on that thing for fucking three hours, uh, painfully. My dad made it probably two hours. He was, like, falling asleep in that chair. And um, I went upstairs. I, like, watched TV. Mm-hmm. I Had ate. 
cookies. smacked. I smacked a bit. There's a lot of weird cookies here. Yes. A lot of wafer wafers. <laughs> my dad. My dad. If my dad strange, says like, like a s'more. It was yeah. a s'mores wafer. I'm like, oh, they're He's like, like ninety nine cents. Old. He's like ninety nine cents. The I'll food, take it. The food. Nutter butters. House. I'll take it. Oatmeal cream little oh. Debbie sandwiches. It's like all I'll the cookies it. you see in a supermarket, and you're like, who would ever buy those cookies? They're here. They're, my, they're in the cookie drawer. My dad waits to see the price drop. He's like, it's when, the ninety nine yeah, cent. Well, actually, yeah. they're like the fifty cent yes, cookies. That's yeah. what he's after. Yeah. He also has fudge covered devil dogs in oh, the freezer. It's so brutal. Me and Nora split one on our first night. Yeah. And that's, um, that's lovely. So I go upstairs and I'm and I'm probably overindulging <laughs> after I'm finished with the Patreon. I'm just like, uh, and I eat like two hands, glass of milk, eating one of. Every- and every morning on vacation, Dave's been doing um, sit ups and push ups, and I'm like, maybe if you don't. Do what you do at night. You don't have to do that. I don't even know if it works, if that How, is what effective. Do you, what do you mean it's not effective? Because you don't need to eat Sundays and, and, and packs of, of wafer cookies. When we're done with this show, I'm going to take a huge thing of vanilla ice cream. And throw it on my head? No, and I'm going to throw chocolate chips in it. Yeah. Chocolate syrup. And then you'll do your setups in the morning and feel like that. Listen, cancel each other out. This is my vacation. I don't think you know about this thing that's it coming up. It is your up. vacation. So it let is. me let me enjoy. And your five year on you know you have a lot of things celebrating. You, today. A lot of yeah, it's Chris's it's, birthday. There's a lot of things you could use for why you were going to eat like a slob. That's, I'm eating like a pig, not like a slob. I eat like a slob and like a pig. Oh, a slob is when like food just dribbles. But I do like, at your I, mouth. I do both. <laughs> um, anyway, so I like I go upstairs last night. I'm eating. Trying to find something to watch to take my mind off the oh the naked and afraid XL no no, no. that's another story I I think I put on the wire I don't know if it's appropriate for Nora the more we watch it Nora's like this is the best show I'm like this is so inappropriate I think naked and afraid XL you only see butts but there's a lot of like cursing crazy it, it might be dynamics going on the best show I've ever it's, seen in my it, life it's really good it is incredible me and Nora started watching it on the first night. And and I said to Nora, as I'm eating, <laughs> me and Nora are both eating yeah. everything, and I said to Nora, this just might be the best show yeah. I've ever seen. It's very satisfying. And if mommy wasn't here, I would have you watching it all day during the day. Um, what did Nora say? She said, I know, daddy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but so we're, we're like hooked into this fucking Naked and Afraid, um, and I hope we make it through the whole, I mean, with this, oh, yeah. with this tonight, I don't think we're going to make it. Well, you isn't know, it, I mean... We've got like six episodes to go. It's, it's going to be okay. We're it's, not, all, it's all going to work out. This is the kind of show I like to watch the whole thing on the vacation. But if you guys haven't seen it, it's like, basically it's called, I think it's called Valley of the, what is the word, of the Exiled or something. Yes, because they have to, they kick people out and then they have to be alone. Banished. Valley Van, of they the Banished. Ba- they have to be vanished or banished? Banished. banished. Yeah. You're banished from the community if you don't pull your weight. And the, the, men, the severe mental illness on the show is just a beautiful thing to behold. But anyway, let me get back to my story. Yeah. So it's last night. It's storming. I'm mm-hmm. eating with two hands. And then I'm like, you know what? I should just go to bed. Yeah. So I go upstairs, and Linda was pissed that I kicked her off the show. She didn't want to do the show, but by the time I, I kicked her- I felt a little rejected that he, Alan got invited back to the show. He's easy to work with. It was with. because you played a song that I didn't, I wasn't like in love with, and you felt very offended that I had an opinion. You had to go. Listen. I had to go. He's right. I, I, I you were not into it. You were not. You, you were into what you wanted to do was make a fool I of me. I wanted to make fun of Dave now. with Alan, and Dave was not having it. 
Not, no, I was not having it. And I'm sure the Dopey Nation would have loved that too. So I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure I apologize would. to the Dopey Nation. But anyway, anyway, I go, after Linda's pissed, I go and I, I'm eating <laughs> and it's midnight. And I'm like, I need to, I get up with the baby in the morning. So I need to be asleep by midnight. So I go upstairs and um, I'm getting ready for bed. And there's Linda in bed and the baby's in the pack and play. And who's in the bed but Nora? And I'm like, okay, well, this is great. Because this means I don't have to be with the baby in the morning. Because what is Linda going to do? Wake me up in the morning I downstairs? Mean, I, I probably would have. In another bed? I knew uh, you were going to. I knew you were going to get excited when you saw that so, setup. And then, to be honest with the dopey nation, I, and I don't know if I really deserve the five years. I was all amped up, and I wanted to make sure I was going to get good sleep. So I took some Nyquil, and I went downstairs, and I passed out in Nora's bed. Should you be getting your five years? I think so. Um, as as my sponsor said, you're a heroin addict. If you drink Nyquil once in a while to help you sleep, it's okay. Now other people would say no. Bob Forrest it's fine. says it's fine. no. Don't worry. Anyway, keep going. So I so I go relish to bed in your five years, even though at two in the morning, Linda is pissed. <laughs> She's <laughs> at my door. She goes, Dave, Dave. I'm like, what? What? You know, I'm, I'm in deep, he's in deep, his deep sleep. Ni- he's in his my, deep Nyquil night, cocoon. Nyquil coma. It's like my. It's like oh my god. Right, but you hear how you I lo- keep I, talking about it, I, so we I can really decide want, if you deserve your want, five years. I don't want the more sober members of the Dopey Nation to judge my once or in a while. Or maybe people are going to run out and buy Nyquil. Listen, I'll be your fault. I don't endorse the Nyquil, but if you need sleep, and I, I don't know. All right, anyway, I don't know what to go say. ahead. So you were in your Nyquil coma, and I don't. Just, just to be clear, I don't take Nyquil often. Like, like, I don't take NyQuil often. I take NyQuil every Here's few months. You don't take it often, but when you do, you get really excited for it. And you do com- kind of concoct scenarios where you could have NyQuil. Like, what do you mean? Like, well, that night. Listen, you weren't, it, is it NyQuil for what would it, we've talked? I feel like we've discussed this on the show before. It's a nighttime snuffling, sneezing, stuffy head Did fever. Did you have so any you of those things? Medicine. I didn't. I didn't. So, I, so that's I, all I'm saying. I needed to treat the so you can rest part. That was <laughs> that was the part I was treating. Anyway, it's two in the morning, and who, and the lightning when I the door swings. How about when open there's lightning outside? And just stop it, just stop it. And Linda's at the door, and she goes, "Dave, the power's out." And Linda, you have to understand something about Linda. She can't sleep unless Ever. unless she has a fan. An air conditioner, two blankets, Pillows the right the right pillows under her head and over her head, <laughs> and and she's also weaned both daughters on similar shit. She fucking she has Nora with two know, blankets. Terrible. She makes Nora bring her two blankets, and then she says, "Nora, do you have your foxy blanket? Do you have this blanket?" And everyone need, and you need your water, your lip gloss. Like Nora doesn't have that shit. I know. And she then will and Susan that. Susan's weaned on the white noise too. Dave, make sure you put the fan and the air conditioner on in her room. Anyway, so it's two in the morning and the power goes out because of the storm. And Linda, um, basically, I wasn't sleeping anyway. She she couldn't sleep, and, and sleep. Linda has a little bit of an issue with anger and rage, especially in the middle of the night when she can't sleep. And I was sleeping, which doesn't make Linda happy. And um, and you screamed at me to wake up, and I figured it was a dream. And uh, she went upstairs. And I fell back asleep and fell right into deep sleep. And then she comes no. back. 
We're upstairs in the, in, in, in the very hot house. There's no air conditioning. Alan has this weird air conditioner. He that has like a, a plugs free into standing, the wall. He has a freestanding right. air conditioning unit that has a hose that runs into right. the wall, but the hose falls off. And, and it, Linda, ta- it takes about nine hours for the room to even get a little bit cool. It doesn't get cool. So regardless, at three in the morning, it's the not pow- a good air there conditioner. Was a, the, the power all around the lake shuts out. Susan starts screaming and crying because, like Dave said, she also needs this horrible noise, white noise that I do. Then Susan wakes up, Nora. So I have my two kids upset, and I go downstairs and I'm like, Dave, maybe um, it was a what's it called a um, circuit breaker? A circuit breaker. So Dave's, I'm like, can you maybe get get Grandpa Allen? Like, let's get to figure it out. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go back upstairs. Susan's crying. Nora's like, Susan, shut up. And I'm like, we're all laying. It's hot. We're sweating. There's no. Twenty minutes goes by. No, Dave. Right, because Dave had his Nyquil. So guess what Dave does? He falls back asleep. I thought it was a horrible dream. So I go back downstairs twenty minutes later, and I'm like, Dave! He wakes up like, oh my god, oh my god! I'm like, what's going on? He finally comes back upstairs. Grandpa Allen says, "Sorry, I don't know." Nothing you can do about it. He goes back into his. He goes back to his Nyquil stupor. Dave, we bring Nora back downstairs. My dad wasn't really drinking Nyquil. Just to make Dave comes and lays upstairs, and because Dave drank so much Nyquil, what Dave does on Nyquil is he snores. I don't drink so I snore anyway, <laughs> and I didn't drink that so, much Nyquil. So now we have total silence, which I cannot function with, and Dave laying there snoring. So I go, I I, I banged on Dave. I said, you know what? Go back downstairs because your snoring is even worse than not having you but, up here. And he he he. Sloshes back down the stairs, and then we get through. And then no, but that's not what happened. Then Nora, how long? we, we Nora can't bore did, the listeners with Nora the story. Nora didn't much want to stay in the bed because Susan was kicking her. So you sent Nora downstairs. And yeah, you, and Nora wakes me up again and says, "Daddy, you go upstairs." It, it, this it was a total. I go back upstairs. Shit show. Nora comes back up, wakes me up again. Yes. because she couldn't handle the, the darkness. And they send me back down again. Yeah. And then at six in the morning, Linda comes knocking at the door. I get the hell out. Throws the baby at me with a diaper. And um, (laughs) it was. And that was it. So, yeah. So last night, we went to bed um, and it was very peaceful. Linda, Nora, and I watched Naked and Afraid XL. And then um, we went to sleep. Yes. And uh, and we, we, we slept really nicely. All of us slept well. And at 7.20, Susan woke me up, you know, hitting yeah. me. Daddy, wake up, wake up. Hitting me, hitting me. Um, Can and, we talk about Woodstock? And Linda woke up. No. Linda woke up, and um, and then I realized it was Misty Janney yeah. messaged me and congratulated me on five years. And I was, like, oh. I was like, holy shit. And I had gotten this great rest, and it was my five-year anniversary. And I thought back. Mm-hmm. To what my life was like five years ago. Oh, this, this story was actually going somewhere. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. And five years ago, I didn't know there was a point. Um, five. Linda and I had gone together around eleven years ago, and um, maybe six months after we had gotten together, Linda had gotten pregnant. I was not using heroin. I was smoking a bunch of weed and taking pills. Pills for yeah. Um, and um, Linda got pregnant, and I started doing heroin again. And she caught me, and she left me. So for the first, for five years, we were separated, and I was trying to get back together with her. And that summer, five years ago, Linda was kind of getting open to the idea of us getting back together. Right. So, um, so we went 
on a vacation. So we were still living apart. Now, this, I want to make something clear first. He was still in the city and Dopey I was Nation, home. before you get upset, there's not going to be a guest on this show. This show is going to be Linda and I celebrating five years <laughs> on vacation. There is no interview coming up. So if you're waiting for the real dopey interview, this is going to be the dopey story of the night. Well, there's, you promised there was other things besides us. I get insecure when it's just like us the whole time. But the, Dave seems to think that's really interesting. It's different. We never do it. Okay. There's, like, there's just dopey nation, just to stay tuned. There's emails. There's voicemails. Grandpa Allen might make an appearance. Oh, no. But this Grandpa is, Allen sitting with Susan upstairs in the... In the drinking his wine, drinking reading a book. Wine. Um, but this is the dopey story. So, Linda, tell, tell them the story. And I think we might have even told you this story. But it's a, it's a, it's our well, celebration of my five years. So, why, what the fuck? Why it's you know why it's a good story to share? Because we've talked we've talked about different parts of our relationship. But so five. Well, you said it wasn't five years ago. It was five years ago and a month. Right. It was, right? Fi- so, it was five years ago and a month. So, so five, but it was still like five years ago, summertime on vacation, which is what we're doing now, which is why this is interesting. Um, so Dave was still in the city. I was still, I don't think, I wasn't at my parents anymore, but I was in my own apartment with, with our daughter. And, um, you know, we were dating different people, but we kept wanting to sort of, not like... Lynn, I'll tell still, you, I don't think you remember lo- the story. We still loved each other and like wanted a life together, but we were, you know, I had, had boyfriends. He had girlfriends. We were still doing... Assuming we weren't going to have a life together because Dave was still, you know, fucking around but and, Linda and using, was, using uh, quite a bit. Well, I was in my drug not, history. Maybe not heroin, but he was using, you know, smoking weed constantly and, and taking pills. Con- and every time I went to his house with Nora in the city to visit, I'd find like a bottle of Klonopens. I'd find jars of weed everywhere. So it wasn't like as upsetting as heroin, but for a mom whose daughter was going in to spend some time with her dad in the city, who had a you know a pretty serious uh, addiction to harder harder things, um, to see it everywhere, and uh, well, that was also not our arrangement. Our arrangement was that I was not going to have anything in my system. But the the, well, right. the so story I'm, though was Linda, and I think you were in denial about the truth of the situation back then. But for some reason, I remember it crystal clear because. My biggest obsession the whole time we were apart was getting our family back together. I was insane. Well, Dave was always very obsessed with that, even when he was deluded and saying, begging me to still be able to use weed, even when we were talking to like a judge. And and, and we'd be talking to the judge about, you know, uh, um, custody stuff. And then on the sidelines, he's like, can I just please still smoke weed? And I'm like, dude, you know, so he wasn't ever on board with what really needed to happen. To but make, I was also you know. like on heroin at the, at right. the court also. Um, but but I, I always wanted to be able to smoke pot. I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. I was scared to be sober. I didn't know what it meant. And Linda, this summer, you know, we were both dating other people, like Lynn said, and um, she wanted to take Nora to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to Amish country. And she didn't exactly invite me, but she said, you know, maybe it would be cool if you came. And I was like, great. And of course, I wanted to go with you because my dream was my family. You know, I wanted to be with Nora and Dave. I wanted us to, because that's those, they were my favorite people. I mean, Nora was obviously my favorite, but I loved Dave and I, and I, and she loved her dad. And so to me, that was, you know, it's kind of, um, I want to say it was ignorant to think like we could just go away for a little weekend up at this on this Amish farm and and play play family, 
but that was kind of what we did. It was like denial. And it was like, I, I look at that. We took all these pictures and I look back and they were, it was such an amazing time, but there was this underlined, you know, issue that was still there. Um, well, I brought a bunch of bud with me and Linda. And I smoked, you know, I smoked weed. We, we smoked weed together around the, the bonfire. And Linda, Linda, Linda brought a bottle of wine and drank wine out of Dixie cups in the bathroom. Right, listen, it wasn't like I was sitting there, you know, weaving a, a quilt and, and, you know, making like, a Mennonite you know, quilt. And, and, and uh, drinking green tea. But the, but but the I, problem, I, though. But the problem was, you know. Do you remember the, the thing that happened? Of course I do. So, okay. So, um, we were going to go to uh, Dutch Wonderland. We were it's so the irony of this story is that we were in like this like Amish. We were at a, on a saying on a Mennonite farm. We we're going to go to Dutch Wonderland. You know, we're you know where everybody's so pure and and good. And uh, we went to this really cool farm. And and at night, Nora went to bed. Me and Dave sat outside. There was this big bonfire. You know, everybody's sitting around having like you know glasses of wine. People are playing guitar. Dave and I like. Smoke. Yeah, everybody shared a joint. Like, not a big deal. I had some Xanax in my pocketbook because I would take like half of a half of a half to help me sleep because I have sleep sleep issues. And um, but according to Dave, he was clean, right? Except for a little bit of weed that we had shared together. Like he would, wasn't using anything hard. Wasn't using pills or or what have you. And um, so during the night, he. Uh, went into my pocketbook and stole pills. And um, I knew that because well, I, I only brought, I think I only brought five just to kind of get me through the week and I wasn't even going to take all of them. The but I knew. Us, the three of us were sleeping in bed together. Me but Nora. let me, you can finish, but I, I knew that he had even taken them because I only brought five and I woke up in the morning and there was three. And I'm like. I took two. I took two. I it's took like, two what a dumbass, you know, at least take, I don't know. Well, my plan was. Half I, of a half or something. I'm lying in the bed. And Linda's passed out on her wine and her tiny piece of Xanax. Nora's fast asleep. And I'm like sitting there. And I'm sure a lot of people could relate to this. If you're a drug addict and you're not clean and you're taking pills, like I wasn't like, I didn't have a benzo habit when we went on that trip. I was wow. taking. But you've shared that Xanax was also a drug of choice. I love Xanax. Right. I'm and just, that was I'm, what. I'm just setting yeah. up the setting the yeah, scene. Yeah. So I want people to understand this. I didn't have a benzo habit when we went on the trip. I didn't have. Uh, an opiate habit on the trip, but I would I had pills that I would take like three times a month. I would take pills like once a week back then. And um, the idea that I was going to go to sleep in that room with Xanax in it and not take it was like yeah, not happening. Right. And I was like, fuck this. And she had the, the, the one milligram footballs is what it was, the little oblong pills. And uh, and I and I, I found it, which took me forever in the dark, like trying to figure in out my big beast. Yeah, in her ridiculous bag, <laughs> and it was like in one like a silly putty egg or some weird fucking thing. And I found them, and I find, and I'm like, I should just take two. I should just take two right now, so that I yeah. definitely have one for tomorrow night, because I don't want to have to find it again. Right. So I take two. I take one. I put the other one like in my pocket, and I go to bed. And I have to say, when I fell asleep. All I could think was how happy I am that I was on vacation with you and Nora. And that you had some Xanax in your pocket. And that I had some Xanax in my yeah. pocket. I was so happy that I checked off both boxes. 
And I wake up the next morning like you weren't like nervous at all that I would realize you like stole pills out of my pocket. No, I was too stupid to be nervous. And I woke right, up the next that's, morning. That's telling, right? That yeah. you don't even. No, I'm think, a fucking idiot. I like not you. That you personally are an idiot, but just that mindset. I just so, you're so glad that your brain is going to have that relief. That relief. And uh, in the morning, it's sim- it's funny because we've always done this. I get up early, even if I'm on Xanax, I get up way earlier than you get up. And I took Nora, and she was four years old, or five years old. She was five years old, uh, and I took her to a uh, to the outside to get. Um, well, it was it was a it was a farm where you it was a soybean inter- farm. It was a soybean farm, but it was also a farm where you they had tons of animals. So you were interacting with the environment. So the kids got to, it was great. The kids got to go outside and uh, get the eggs from the chickens. They got to pick, get all the stuff for the breakfast. We, so no, they were we, outside we, we, in the morning doing all of that. Right. And I was, you know, and I always, you know, I was sleeping a little bit later while Dave was outside with Nora getting, you know, Getting the getting the eggs, getting the milk from the cows. And she was playing with some kittens. She, I there was kittens. There was this little goat running around. And I woke up in the morning, and um, I don't think that I like. I really don't. I don't take Xanax. I don't. I actually don't like Xanax. Dave and I have a opposite relationship with Xanax. Well, you like Coke, and I like Xanax. Well, I liked. I don't like Xanax, but I would use Xanax for severe PMS and for sleeping. What like, I'm saying is our mental, but, our brain chemistry is totally opposite, because yes. you would get high on Coke, and you don't get high on Xanax, and I didn't get high on Coke. Xana- I don't, Xanax to me is like, I would never take that to feel good. I'd take it for sleeping. Like it doesn't, it doesn't give me any kind of feeling. It makes me really tired. And, but anyway, so I didn't wake up in the morning looking at the Xanax to take it. I don't even know how I happened to glance at the, the bottle. And again, I think I brought, I literally brought five just to kind of, and I, and I would usually would go home with three, you know, it was just to kind of take a half if I couldn't sleep. Um, and for whatever reason, I looked at the bottle and saw that two, right? Two were missing. I feel like there was three missing, but it's possible. Whatever was missing, and my and my your heart sank. Heart sank, and and your rage flared up. I don't even. You know what? It was. It was like we're staying on this Mennonite farm. He's with our daughter, you know, playing with kittens. getting getting eggs and playing with kittens, and like it was just we were about to go to Dutch Wonderland, which is like this, you know, ridiculous off-brand Disney World bullshit, you know. And and I just my, the reality hit me yet again that I have with? that I have a partner who's just this addict who is stealing shit from my pocketbook and is lying to me and it just was and I and and the worst feeling was that I was trapped like on this family vacation you couldn't go anywhere where where we have to get in this car we're in Pennsylvania where my, our daughter was dying for this like day at a fucking amusement park Five that years we old. that we had to navigate because we're good parents, you know, despite this crap. And um, I was so pissed. I was so mad that he was going to, you know, do this. And, um, yeah. We were... Uh, <laughs> I'm we were... Out again, I'm, I'm feeling like... You're getting angry? I'm feeling... I'm not angry anymore. I'm just... I, I'm... No, I'm, I'm okay now. But I'm sad that we had to even have that moment. 
Yeah. Well, it was part, it was the process to get here, Yeah, you know? And uh, we, we stop on the way. We, we didn't know what we were going to do. I don't think we had well, breakfast. Do you remember? Okay, so I leave the, uh, Dave's outside with Nora on the farm. I come out, we did have breakfast. I come outside and I looked at Dave and he looked at me. And do you remember, do you even remember? Not really. Did I say to you in that moment? I don't remember if I if I held on to it or but at one point between the the um B and B and the Dutch Wonderland, we no, stopped no, no. at but a Dunkin' Donuts but you had told and we me, had it out. No, you told me you came out to get me and you were like, What the fuck? Yeah. And I was like, fuck. And um and then I just tried to beg your forgiveness and we went to and you were fucking pissed. And we stopped at Dunkin' Donuts. And um, and Linda fucking hit me, holding Nora, so Nora didn't see me. Linda fucking smacks me in the head, and she's furious. So sad, but uh, yeah, angry, but just... And Nora didn't see. Yeah. Um, and I was like, how are we going to turn the day around? And somehow we did. We I think, did. you know, somehow we turned it around, and we had a really nice vacation, and, and like, I was like... And the minute we got back to New York, it was done. No, that is not what happened. Yeah. That is not what happened. Do you want to know what happened? I think we... Go ahead. We had the most beautiful... Besides me stealing the benzos from Linda and... and we had an amazing Passing guy. out. Yeah. We had an amazing trip. It was, I think it was a three-day trip. And um, we came back, and I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get the family back together. She's going to get over the fact that I stole Xanax and was smoking weed the whole time, and we're going to get back together. And... Um, and I begged and begged and begged for us to have another date. And you were, you were, Linda really wanted to put the family back together. I really did. So she agreed. And I really, to come. I really had faith that it was going to work out. So she agreed to come and uh, we were going to go see the Amy Winehouse movie. Oh. And, um, and me, Linda, five year old Nora, and Grandpa Alan went out to dinner. And uh, we left Grandpa Allen. And, and at this point, after... This is classic addict shit. Because after I got away with the Xanax on mm-hmm. the trip, I was like, fuck it. I can, I can take benzos yeah. and, and get away with it. So like, there was a dude at work who was taking clonopins. And I was like, do you think you can get me some clonopins? And he was like, yeah. So I got like 20 clonopins or something. 10 clonopins. 50. I got- didn't, I, didn't I find it on your phone? I'm telling the story here. Do you want to ruin the story? I'm, this is a walk down memory lane five years ago. I'm, this but I'm going through this walk with you, so I'm getting a little, yeah. Agitated. A little heated. So, yeah. um, so we go out to dinner in an outdoor Israeli cafe on yeah. East Broadway. Lovely night. And we take a gypsy cab to the Sunshine Movie Theater on Houston mm-hmm. Street. And I'm va- we're vaping weed in the yeah. gypsy cab on the way to see the Amy Winehouse doesn't matter what I do. Let's just talk about your, your behaviors. <laughs> we're, we're, we're vaping <laughs> weed on the way to the, the THC. <laughs> to go see Amy Winehouse yeah. die. Amy, Amy Winehouse die on Houston Street. <laughs> and um, we go to the theater and we're sitting there watching the movie. And I get this sort of like phantom withdrawal feeling. Because mm-hmm. I didn't take benzos that day. Right. And... I for me like withdrawing from benzos was always really bad, yeah. and um, but it always reminded me of withdrawing from heroin, and it was just like I, I was terrible with that stuff. So about halfway through the movie, I get really agitated and nervous that I'm that like I'm in some sort of withdrawal, and I think it was mostly in my head, 
And um, after the movie, I like rush to go home. And uh, you go to the bathroom or something, and I mm-hmm. run. And oh, I, I remember. And I took a couple of Klonopins. Like mm-hmm. I think I took one or two two milligram Klonopins out of the drawer. Well, I actually remember. I actually remember this night, and you were trying to be romantic. I was romantic. And then I went to the bathroom, and then I think that's maybe when you popped your Klonopins. Yeah. And then I came back, and then you were passed out. No, and that's I was not like, what happened. Wow, this is some I'm, some I'm, night. No, I'm going to tell the story properly. Do you understand? <laughs> the, the story the story is way worse than that. Uh, I was trying to be romantic. I was like, wow, this is this is. And I was hungry. This is some date. And I was hungry, and I took the Klonopins, and then we had sex. And then after yeah. we and I and I ordered tacos before we had sex, and we have sex. And I had taken the clonopins beforehand, and after the sex, I pass out on the couch with you, and the, and you're and you're like annoyed, and I still do that, but you're like you're like annoyed, and uh, and then the tacos get there, and you're trying to wake me up, and I yeah. won't wake up, and that's when you're like, this is what? this is one hot night, you're like people, let like, me tell you, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and I, then, I, well, I, I knew I, it was pretty clear what was going on. And then you went in the phone and found out, and then uh, I and then I snooped as I as I have done, and I found traditionally in as our I found the exchange with the with the person you're talking about where he was trying to get his twenty clonopins, and I was like, dude, bye bye, and that was it. And then the and next, that was that. That's when it was that was when it was done, right? Well, like, Nora stayed with me. I brought Nora home and Linda. But right, that was when I remember that morning me saying like, it's over. Yeah, it's totally done. And Linda. Left, left me with Nora, and when I returned, Nora, Linda said, "This is done. You You're lose, done you lose us. your custody again. You can visit twice a week, but this is over. Uh, if and you're going to have to take hair tests again, and and um, I think that's why I think I think it was honestly five years ago and two weeks or something. Yeah, because then I think I had a couple of days stewing, and I remember, and I've told this story on the show." I, I sat at, at the computer writing you an email mm-hmm. begging to let me smoke pot. And um, you've done that quite a bit. I know, bit but but this but this one yeah. like I had gotten back in the groove of smoking weed, you right. know what I mean? And I had I had I had put together a life that was not near like my wildest dreams or anything, but right. it was like a working life where weed was a big part of it and I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. And um and it was August. And I'm sweating in the kitchen on East Broadway typing this letter. And I I look at myself and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. Yeah, you had that moment. And that was my moment. And the next day I went to an AA meeting and the dude was celebrating 10 years clean. And he was like 28. And I was like, wow. what the fuck is this? Yeah. And I went up to him and I was like, oh, it's so frustrating for me to be so old. And I was 41. And for me to be so old and to hear this. And he goes, well, is today your first day? And I hadn't planned on it being my mm-hmm. first day. I was like, no, I'm going to go home and smoke weed. But when he said, is today your first day? I thought, wow, this could be my first day. And I went home, and I had bud like I had so much pot in yeah, the house. Yeah, I know. So find it everywhere. I had, and I had jars and jars of the different strains that I had always dreamed of having. That was my life beyond my wildest well, dreams. Weed was your is your. I feel like is your. That's the drug I'm the most proud of you. I'm for kicking, because I think that alcohol and weed. I don't know. This is a weird statement, but I feel like alcohol and weed has to be almost harder for people because it's so casual. 
casual and, and legal for the most part, and and, and every woven and into the fabric woven of into, society. Right. I mean, we even talked about this today. Dave and I had a little little conversation just driving down the Lake Road, where he said. We had this discussion around the concept of someone in recovery not wanting to say that they'll, um, it's hard to say I'll never use again. You say, you know, I'm going to take one day at a time. I'm not going to talk about it like that. And Dave goes, well, you know, sometimes I still think about that it would be cool to be like an old man, you know, smoking weed on my on my, on my my rocking chair on my porch, you know, that that could be kind of cool. And I'm like, no, Dave. All right. Like, so I don't want. I don't want to. No, but I'm just. I'm just. just like, no, no, but I'm just saying that I think it's it's um, it's scary sometimes to think about saying you'll never have a, you'll never smoke weed. Like you even. T- my point is that even today you struggled a little bit with the concept of never being able to like take a hit of weed. So I think that that's why those drugs are a little more difficult than maybe. Pills or heroin. Well, people or ask me all the time, and, and I, I, I want to be I want to be like very clear about it because people ask me all the time because obviously a lot of dopey is about heroin and, and a lot of hard hard stuff. And a lot of like the early episodes were my heroin stories and yeah. my uh, heroin and pill stories and methadone stories and all that stuff. And people, you know, people aren't that interested in when I quit dope or quit um, quit pot. They're interested in when I kicked heroin. Yeah, and I think the other ones almost was probably almost harder. Well, I kicked heroin when I met Chris in 2011, and um, and then I did it one. I did it two more times. I did heroin the day I came home from Mountainside because uh, I had a needle. I found a new needle in, in a bag, and I was like, "Fuck it, I have a needle. I'm going to get dope." Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I did it one other time years later. Um, Probably seven years ago. So, which drug out of all of the drugs you've you've had in your life, which one do you feel was the most difficult to not use again? I'd say it's it's equal, but I mean, obviously, weed was the hardest one because it took me the longest to be done with. My but but why is that? Because it's it's less stigmatized and well, weed to- is not as harmful. And it's like it's not as har- overtly harmful to me as heroin and benzos. Heroin, you get addicted to heroin, you need to get heroin every day. And not only do you need to get heroin every day, I, I shot tons of heroin. I would shoot, you know, seven bags at a time, eight mm-hmm. bags at a time, ten bags at a time. And if I didn't have it, I'd get super sick. Right. And if I didn't have, and I, and the last run of heroin was like my worst run, but I never ran out of money. But I would run out of heroin. But which substance do you feel was the hardest to to heroin? Heroin is physically the hardest because you get sick. I mean psychologically. Well, I don't. I don't have an answer. You know, I I would. It's. It's. Because you've said that. I I feel like we've had this conversation a million times, and you said that it was weed. I have different, and that was the drug that you used to beg me to be able to still use, even when we had these court-ordered situations, you said, just let me still be able to smoke weed from time to time. And I was like, what? Like, it's still an, a mind, mood-altering substance. It's still taking you out of yourself. It's still... The thing that they talk about, the thing that you'll hear about at 12-step meetings more than anything is people describing wanting to get out of their skin, you know, feeling not sure. comfortable in their Which skin. Which weed will still help you with. Weed was the first drug that made me feel comfortable in my skin. And, and in fact, it made me 
feel comfortable in every situation. It gave me this identity. It, it just, I... Here's your gateway. We'll talk about, you know, gateway drug. It wasn't, though. It, I didn't but it see, was. It, it was. Ultimately, it was my gateway drug, but it was more than that. It was like, it was my second skin. You know, I loved being a stoner. I loved the whole thing of it. Um, but kicking heroin was way more painful than giving up weed. Kicking benzos was... Kicking benzos was probably the easiest, but quit getting off benzos often resulted in, in seizures, and I had many, many seizures from right. quitting benzos. I also, like, I'm, I'm weird, but I loved benzos. Like, benzos yeah, to me was so like... weird. Benzo- benzos are so... I remember when Linda and I first started dating... The oh, first night, the, are you the first talk night, about yeah, the first night, <laughs> like we did a bunch of coke, and I was like, "I'm going back to your apartment," and you were like, "No, you're not," and I was like, "Yes, I am," and yeah. I get there, and she has Ativan. I think a you lot, had. I had a lot of. She Ativan. had a lot of Ativan. <laughs> She's like the most beautiful girl I ever met with bottles like, of Ativan. Do you like Ativan? And I was like, and I was like, and I was like, have you ever heard that? of Ativan? You know, I hadn't. I had never done it, and I had oh, never boy. heard of it. And I took it, and I was like, holy shit! It's like the holy grail. This beautiful girl <laughs> with all of this Ativan, and I just would go to your house every night and take Ativan. Because of the Ativan, well, would you have come to my house without the, the Ativan? Probably. Pete Townsend liked Ativan. I like Pete Townsend. But I remember that that was like his drug of choice. So anyway. You don't think that's interesting? It wasn't his drug of choice. Pete Townsend was an alcoholic and a heroin addict, and he loved acid and brandy, and I don't remember him loving acid. And Ativan. How do you know that? I read it somewhere that that was like his favorite, that was his his favorite pill. Dopey Nation, if you can confirm or deny Pete Townsend's love of Ativan, I am very curious. Now, um... Dopey Nation, I don't know if you've enjoyed this walk down memory lane of five years ago. Please send us an email at dopeypodcast yeah. at gmail dot com. What you're like, you're like the like the wife from Truman Show. What do you mean? Like we're all talking and having a good time, and all of a sudden you're like doing an advertisement to send the. This is how I. This is how I keep it moving. Is that weird? Sorry, it just was a weird moment. But. Now I got a voicemail, and I think you're going to really like it. Um, and it's kind of a it's kind of along the lines of the weed thing. You ready for it? I'm not, I don't want to tell you anything about it, but except for that. Yes. You ready? Yes. Tell me again. Are you ready? Please play it. Okay, here. What's up, Dave? Uh, this is Eric, and I live in New York City. And uh, I'm a relatively new member of the Dopey Nation, but I just realized that uh, I've been connected to the Dopey Nation for quite some time now, and I wanted to share with you some realizations that I had after going back to the beginning of the dopey podcast and listening back through in order. So check this out. So I'm, I'm listening through and, you know, listening through the early episodes and start to hear some stories from, from your perspective of, of your friends. We get to the episode of, of Jeremy and he tells a story about you guys living in LA and we get to hear about how Todd snuck out from his room when Jeremy's parents were visiting. And I was like thinking this guy, Todd sounds nuts. I, you know, I want to, I want to meet him. Right. So we, we keep going. And uh, Todd calls in. I'm so excited to hear Todd's voice. And he starts talking. This sounds so familiar to me, and I, I don't understand why. Maybe this is some sort of hallucination of, of, of years of drug use going you know, bad. But whatever. It sounds super familiar. And I, and I need to know what this guy Todd looks like, right? So I stalk through the Dopey podcast, the old Instagram post, thinking maybe I'll see a picture of Todd. He's like, why not? And I scroll through, and I'm like, holy shit. I know this guy, Todd. We work together. I can't believe it. We work together, and I actually have a story with Todd. So here's my Todd story. 
So we're working. We're working on TV production. It's like 2010. Uh, I'm I'm not using what I what I became addicted to, but I was you know smoking weed at that time, drinking, partying, and. I like the bands Fish and Grateful Dead, and, and guess what? So does Todd. We're talking about it. We're, you know, hanging out at, at work, talking about going to concerts, talking about partying. And he tells me that, you know, he smokes weed every Friday at the office because Fridays at the office were pretty slow. And I'm thinking in 2010, this is so fucking cool. I know this guy who smokes weed at work, and I want to smoke weed with him at work. So I tell him I want to smoke weed with you at work. And he's like, all right. So he tells me he has this whole system in place. He has a bag that he brings in every Friday that has cologne and eye drops and a change of a shirt and Altoids. All these things to make sure um, he doesn't get caught. And, and, and he's like, you know, the only thing is my piece just broke. Do you have anything you can bring in? I was like, I just got this amazing bubbler. He tells me to bring it in. So we're going to go. We're going to smoke the next Friday. And I am so pumped. So the next Friday rolls around and, uh, you know, we talked about it coming up. We, we made our plans. And now I know that Todd's going to have this bag of goodies to make sure that, you know, we don't get caught when we come back into the office. And I have my bubbler and we we, we go out and we, we smoke the bubbler and we're having a great time. We're, you know, we're just hanging out. We, you know, Todd, you, you know, Todd, he's a fucking fun. He was a fun dude. He was a really nice, fun person. He sometimes didn't pull through. He talked a big game. He just really only cared about having fun at the moment and didn't really always think about the repercussions. So we smoke. I'm fucking high. And I'm like, Todd, let's get the let's get the cologne going. Let's get the Altoids going. We got to go back in. Todd goes, fuck. He said, what? He said, I forgot the cologne. I left the bag upstairs. I'm freaking the fuck out. You know, I had been working at this place for about three months, I'd say. He's been working there for like over a year. He knows these people. I really don't know them. And, and I'm freaking the fuck out. We just smoked and I, and I have to assume that I smell like a fucking nugget. So I'm, you know, I'm paranoid. I'm like, Todd, what, what are we going to do, man? Freaking the fuck out. He, we, we go into the bathroom, uh, wash our hands. You know, I toss water through my hair. You know, he doesn't have the luxury of being able to do that, but he throws it on his head. You know, anything to get the smell off of us and, and the appearance of being utterly blasted stoned. Literally, we walk in the front door and we both actually had the same boss. And our boss looks at us and, and says, did somebody just smoke weed? And I and we look, we look at each other and we're like, no, we cracked up. No, no. I mean, I would not us. She comes over to me and smells me and says, you just smoked weed. Todd, what did we talk about? This has happened before. What did we talk about? And Todd said, I, I'm sorry, we smoked weed. Gave us up right there. I get fired on the spot. And Todd, he got to stay. He felt so bad. And he would profusely apologized about it. Luckily, I was able to get another job in, t in television production relatively quick after that. Otherwise, I would have been fucking furious and never talked to him again. But I was pretty cosmic at that time. And I was like, you know, whatever, man, it's, it's all good. You know, it, it ended up working out. Obviously, it worked out different for both of us. Todd and I, you know, kept in touch after that. You know, we became Facebook friends. We, we actually met up a few times at different fish concerts. But we didn't really talk about anything beyond smoking weed and, and um, 
drinking. And, and meanwhile, I was getting into opiates and I was, you know, I had trips on LSD and I was doing Molly and, and I was really get, getting deep into the opiates. And, you know, I didn't know, but he had too in, in a major way. Todd and I kind of fell out of touch after that. You know, on, on Facebook, I saw that he died and I actually, I didn't know how, and I didn't, I didn't know, you know, that he was struggling the way he was. You know, I just knew Todd as this really funny guy, um, really just wanting to have a good time. And, and he was a really kind person. It's, it's just a shame that we lost touch the way we did, but I can still remember and laugh about the time that Todd and I smoked at work and we got caught and I got fired and he was allowed to stay. So that's my uh, connectivity to the Dopey podcast and to the Dopey nation. I'm a proud member and Dave, I, I really hope you keep doing this forever. I, I can't say how much this, this trip down memory lane for me and, and this connectivity to the podcast has helped me religiously listening to the old episodes in order. And I just wanted to say to everyone out there to stay strong and fucking toodles for Chris. How much do you love that voicemail? I love that voicemail. The funniest thing about that voicemail was that that was probably the first time that Todd didn't get fired from the job, that the, <laughs> that the other person got yeah. fired from the job. And I feel like I've been in the, those positions with Todd so many times. Oh, me that, me, that was our life. Yeah. That was mine. Well, that's, that's any life when Todd's your friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, this dude, his name is Eric, and he wrote me on Instagram that he had met me at Katz's. He met me at Katz's years ago, and um, he didn't, you know, he, he couldn't put it together, but he listened to the show and he heard me talk about Katz's, and then he remembered meeting me, and I had told him about the, you know, I was making the video project at the time, mm-hmm. and, um, and then he realized he knew Todd, and he sent this email. So read this email. I think it's, it's, it's nice. Okay. Hold on. Hey, Dave. As promised, here is the voice memo of me figuring out how I was connected to Dopey Nation and the Todd. Sorry, put my glasses on. And the Todd at the office story. I hope this memo is along the lines you were looking for. I really am so grateful for finding this podcast as I really feel a strong connection to you guys and it's helped me stay accountable, believe it or not. I was prescribed clonopin, Valium, Adderall, and Ambien all at the same time taken daily for 15 years and just got off that merry-go-round in November of last year. I also picked up oxy-dope habit the last five years as well, and I've been clean of everything, including my inpatient benzo taper since December 4th, 2019. Anyway, check out the story and let me know what you think. Just don't say my last name on the air or remember to bleep it. Thanks again, Eric. I love that email and voicemail. Uh, Eric, I love it because when you were talking about, we were, were, me and Dave had huge shit eating grins. uh, When I heard it, I I just got it before you came downstairs to do the show and I was like, Linda is going to go nuts for this story. I, I, I completely relate with every ounce of that story. And and I have to say that like when we, and you told it really well. Yeah, you sounded it was incredibly. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to hear. The second you said the word bubbler, Linda, <laughs> all you could hear is Todd and his new bubbler yeah. and bubbler this and bubbler that. My mm-hmm. my piece, you broke my piece. I mean, Todd and well, I. Well, just like uh, the cologne and yeah. the Altoids and like he's because he was a little like 
I don't want to say like um He was a little dandy of a stoner Todd. Yeah, he wore yeah. cologne. He always yeah. his mom would always buy him new clothes. You know what I mean? Like Todd was a real dandy of a stoner. Yeah. He also like would always even when he was a hippie, he was a dandy of a hippie. He'd get the biggest corduroys with the biggest patches and he Definitely. really would do it up. And uh, He was a very he was a clean cut hippie. He just was he was very aware of his look. He was very like obsessed yeah. with how he looked. I, not, it's not like a. I was thinking like met, the term metrosexual, but it wasn't. It was like a metro hippie. Like yeah. how would you? He was just into the fashion of it, and like Todd was like a good dancer too. Like he could like dance. He was just well. He loved all the like. He would go to a like me and Todd would go to like when we were all living in the city together. We'd go to club scenes, and Todd would love the whole like scene. Yeah. He loved all scenes, but whenever we come up to the lake, it's near where Todd grew up. Yeah. And when I used to come up here back in the day, Todd would always come and meet me and we would get stoned. Or I remember a couple times I would come up and I planned on staying, but I would be kicking dope and I would be too sick to stay. And I remember I, had to, I would have Todd drive me to the city and we would both just get dope. And one time I bribed him. And I told him I would give him my Velvet Underground box set if he drove me to the city. Mm. And he did, and I gave it to him. And I was, I'm still kind of resentful that he took it. But that was the deal. Um, <laughs> and um, so when I come here, I think of him. The stewards we go to, I remember me and him smoking cigarettes Stewies. there, smoking weed there. Yeah. And, um, and the other thing that I think about when we come to the lake is, uh, is Chris. Like Chris, and this is Chris's birthday week, yeah. and Chris always wanted... To come record here, he wanted to meet oh, us really? here two years ago because he was in Great Barrington, and like I was just like, or three years ago, I guess. And I, I remember like every year we'd come, the show would be doing just a little bit better because obviously mm-hmm. you and I got back together, you know, maybe f- you know five months after this, and we had started Dopey four months after this, yeah. you know, after five years ago. So like. I just think it's interesting how all these anniversaries roll together. Um, but I remember like reading bad reviews up here and like being <laughs> really upset about it and talking yeah, to Chris about that, it. Right. Uh, you know, he gets upset when he reads bad reviews. And um, I also remember really well. I dropped you and Nora at the beach, and I was on the phone with Chris, and we had just put out something that was semi-major or something, and he was like. He was like, all I want to do is do Dopey for my career. And I remember yeah. driving to the beach feeling incredibly hopeful yeah. about it. And then um, for the Dopey Day show, you know, for the show of Chris's death, you know, it was such an outpouring of, uh, of support from the Dopey Nation. It was, so, it was so beautiful to see all that support. Mm-hmm. And one guy wrote, I wish Dopey was still fun. His name is Paul. He's an old school member of the Dopey Nation. And I was so hurt by that message. And I wrote him. I was like, how could you write that? You know, uh, obviously, I wish Dopey could. I mean, first of all, Dopey is. is We're getting to like deep talks with Dopey right now. You're really opening up. What this is the show? What do you mean? No, but you're you're, okay. Let it, let it, let it, let it rip. Don't ruin the show, then. (laughs) Um, So, um, I read. So, Paul, what did Paul say? I mean, I have what Paul said, <laughs> but Paul pissed me off. Paul was being honest about his feelings. He said how much the sh- how fun the show was, and how and, that, and that's very upsetting when anybody tells me how show how fun the show was. It's like Chris didn't quit the show; Chris died. 
you know, he didn't walk away from the show. He died. If, if the show could have stayed the same level of fun, I would love for someone to figure that shit out. Right. Because it couldn't. It could not stay fun. So I wrote Paul. I was like, dude, how could you even write me that shit? You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was. You were feeling. You were feeling um, something. I was feeling incredibly angry uh, at Paul, and I was feeling angry that Chris died and upset. Right. And he tr- it was a trigger. Whenever anybody says anything about how the show was with Chris as compared to how it is now, right. it gets me fucking furious. So okay, so I'm gonna. I know we're about to lead to the email you sent, right? That Dave wants me to read. Now I'm saying Dave is so good at what he does. Just so everybody knows, because I'm sitting here like an idiot. Like I'm just, just sitting here like a dumbass. You're doing great. You're but doing I, great. But I, but I always. You know, Dave will say, like, there's an email that I sent you. Like, he's actually incredibly talented because he starts to talk. And I don't, and then, and a few minutes into it, I'm like, oh, this is, might be connecting to the email that you sent me a little, you know. Aren't like, you impressed <laughs> with the way I pull this off? Well, you know, let's, let's not get carried away. But I, I, it's funny. I, now I know where this story is going. But just, just to say one thing before we, we keep moving forward. I've said to Dave many times, I said, listen, he gets very, like some woman tweeted today that he, what'd she say, this idiot bitch. It was, be- it was better with better, Chris. She wrote, he wrote, it was like my five-year anniversary, and she wrote, better with Chris. No, 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 it was, uh, I, I was tweeted tweet- it. No, whatever. I tweeted about the, the and Robert And I'm like, I'm going to kill you, lady. He got so upset. It's always upsetting because not only do I take it personally, it also just reminds me of the fact that Chris died, and it's like, it's just an unfair thing. And when Paul wrote it, you know, I should have known that. I think when anybody writes something like that, they're probably in their own bad place. Mm-hmm. And I wrote Paul, like, why would you do that? And, um, and me and Paul were friends on Facebook, and I defriended him. And, uh, and then he wrote me this, and he wrote me a message on Facebook, and, and this is the message. Lynn was about to read this really uh, deep, sad email, and her, her stomach made this terrible sound. And it was very funny. Dave, I'm sorry. So hold on. So just just so we're clear. Yes, Dave. That was a really terrible sound your stomach just made, first of all. It was like, oh. And secondly. It was the s'more wafer. It was the s'mores. It was the 99 cent cookie drawer. 50 cent, actually. He's like, also my dad wanted to make it clear that we we should make fun of his cereal because he only buys like the $1.88 cereals. He bought Fruity Lucky Charms. And Linda, who's been on keto for almost was, seven months, decides so this is good. the thing she needs to eat. Yeah. You liked it? I thought it was delicious. I actually didn't like it. I didn't like the uh, Fruit Loops Lucky Charms. I thought it was gross. I am dying to try the chocolate Lucky Charms. It's one of mm-hmm. my lifelong ambitions. But I really, really, really got a lot out of this email that Paul wrote, and I think it's uh, very important to the story of Dopey, to the thing about Chris, to all this stuff. So please read the email. Okay. Dave, I'm sorry, man. It wasn't meant to be taken the way I'm perceiving you took it. Now, a couple weeks later, I'm forgetting the exact word phrasing, but I guess what I meant to express is that once upon a time, the show, it was lighter, more just a couple of pals bullshitting with each other, making fun of each other while telling war stories and working on their lives, trying to stay away from drugs. Now that you're amassed this gigantic following, and believe me, I think that's a great thing. It just feels different. It's like when your favorite musician gets famous, you lose that. I don't know exactly how to express it, but something is lost. 
When I first listened to your show on my way back from my Suboxone doctor, tearing up because I've been a slave for 15 years and searched the podcast directory for Ibogaine and heard your story, I felt like I had finally found some people, albeit on the other side of the country, that were starting to shed some light on how I felt. People who had kinship and a stigmatized underground subculture that was out of control. It made me really happy to know there were others out there who had similar experiences, and this after years of treatment, meetings, yada yada. I'm not exactly sure what I'm trying to articulate here, but I want you to know that I'm sorry if I made you feel any sort of way with that comment. I think the direction you've taken the show after Chris's passing has been really good for the recovery community as a whole. I really, truly do, Dave. Maybe it came from a place of being upset with myself. I know I sent you that voice recording after I overdosed in early March, but I don't know that I followed up after that at all. I overdosed a few days later again. This time, my parents found me unresponsive and hit me with three shots of Narcan. My dad had come to visit, and when he showed up, my mother found me overdosed in my bedroom. This about an hour or two after totaling my car due to nodding off on my way to work at 4 a.m. My parents hadn't seen each other in 20 years after a nasty fucking divorce, but they got in the car together mostly because my father is a physician whose only job now after retirement is running a Suboxone clinic that he started himself started after realizing the lack of care in northern Wisconsin and brought me to the emergency room where I was treated and brought to detox. After four days in detox, I opted opted to go through treatment again, out of pocket, which cost my family 18500 They split the cost. I feel extremely guilty about this. After the 28 days of treatment, I was doing incredibly well. That lasted a bit. Then I relapsed because to me, it feels like the only way to feel happy and motivated to live my life and pursue the mundane chores of day-to-day existence. Without dope, I'm flat depressed with no personality or motivation to live my life. I've chipped a little bit here and there for the last couple months, and when I use, I feel like myself. When I don't, I don't want to get out of bed for days or weeks at a time. I absolutely hate it, and I hate myself for it. I hate the impact it has on them seeing me like this. I'm 35 now. I'm getting older. I just want this thing to be done. I really do know what I need to do to get out of it. I just cannot find the motivation, willpower. After 15 years of this, it really starts to wear on your soul. All I meant by what I said was that I miss when it felt fun, recovery. You were eating on mic, joking. It was something different. You generally made me laugh, something that doesn't happen often. I have the utmost respect for what you're doing these days. I just miss the old ones. I hope that sums up what I wanted to say accurately. Probably not. I got nothing but love for you, buddy, and I'm glad you're doing well. Again, I apologize. Yeah. Um, that... That message fucked me up, but I think that message is really the, the, the crux of the whole show. Right. I think that message is everything about this show. Um, and Paul, I'm sorry I defriended you, and I'm sorry I, got, I took it so personally. Um, I can totally relate to what he's saying there. Uh, every time I cleaned up until this last time, and probably in this last time too, mm-hmm. I felt exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. I felt flat. I felt no energy. I felt like I wasn't myself or until you don't know who you are. You're nothing, right. you know. And and what he really reminds me of more than anything is Todd, um, because Todd 
hated himself without drugs. Mm -hmm. He hated his life without drugs. And where Paul has the luxury of living through his overdose and his parents finding him and being able to put Narcan in him, Todd didn't have that luxury. And his father knowing about Suboxone and... All that stuff. But the fucked up... And well, Todd's parents learned that stuff. Right. and, And he was on that stuff. But the really fucked up thing to me is... Todd and Paul, I, could you could you read that again? Here he says, "I'm 35 now. I'm getting older. I just want this thing to be done." Mm. Now, I remember when Todd was 43, he said, "I want this thing to be done," but he was talking about his life, and right. and he wanted his addiction to be done, but he hated his life clean. And Paul. I don't know if you're listening, you're not listening, if anybody else is listening that's struggling. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you want your addiction to be done and you want your life to be good without drugs or you want your life to be over if you can't have drugs. And either way, if you put drugs in you, there's a good chance that your life is going to end, right. which is like the grim reality of dopey at this point. Yeah, You know, uh, fentanyl, all this shit. And it's like... I get it. Like, I get what it feels like to feel totally alone and dead and and without any joy. And although I like to preach whatever it takes to have a better life, you do it. Mm -hmm. For me, 12-step recovery gave me the tools to enjoy my life. And and five years ago, when I went to 12-step and I decided that I could never get it done right... And I was like, wait, and, and they keep saying the same thing. Rarely have we seen somebody fail who thoroughly follows our path. Mm-hmm. I realized that I had never thoroughly followed the path. Right. So this time, or that, you know, five years ago, I said, I'm going to do what they tell me. And, uh, and, and maybe it'll work for me. And I didn't think it could. Right. Like, I didn't think it could work for me. I said, how can I say nothing works and not do what they right. say? When you never really gave it a try. Exactly. So, like, Paul, I don't know how thoroughly you followed the path. I don't know if you hate 12-step, but, like, something's got to give, right. you know. And for anybody who's suffering, I recommend doing everything they tell you and tell me in six months that your life isn't mm, better. It's a good challenge. That's the... the, it's, it, the dopey cha- it's the new dopey challenge. That's the, it's a, it is, six months. Try to do 12-step for six months. But people hate that I say this stuff because people hate 12-step. Right. They hate it. They hate God. They hate... They hate taking direction. You know, people hate it. But when you're about to die and you're What do you have to lose, right? Six months, you know, it's not going to kill you. What are you willing to do? You know, will. Exactly. The question is, what are you willing to do? Um, and And that email, like, it just, I think it really captures everything. And I- Powerful. Don't you think so? Yes, very much so. And I know, like, you had to live with me before 12 step and after 12 step like and and haven't you seen like ridiculous changes in me since I started actually doing it oh of course I mean I know there's 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 days at our house where you know the mornings are very hectic and we you know with with the kids and just all this stuff going on especially with quarantine we're on top of each other and there's mornings where Dave will say to me I have to get to a meeting and um when he comes back from the meeting, I always notice a change. He seems lighter. He seems, you know, it, I can tell that um, it has a very positive um, impact on you. And I don't know if it's just because it's on the beach and it's at sunrise or you, you know, you're starting to kind of get to know some people or it's the community or it's with the, you know, the, the big book 
passage that you that you heard, but he never it's kind of like what people say about going to the gym. Like you never go to the gym and leave the gym saying that sucks. I hate that I went to the gym. You always leave feeling better and I feel like that seems like a meeting. I wonder how many times someone leaves a meeting saying, "Oh, that sucks. Why did I go?" I know in early recovery I would be like, "This sucks." Right. But I kept I stayed the course and I also know that like it it takes forever to get to the other side of it. You know what I mean? Like I hated anniversary meetings. I hate preaching about it now. I just <laughs> need to, I need to, because that, that message was so powerful to yeah. me because it's hopeless. Right. And it's like, and so many people don't want to do it, you know? And, and well, it's not the only way to get sober, but if you have, if you don't have any other ideas, <laughs> then maybe give it a fucking try. Right. I mean, like, right? it, it's, it's, I, I recommend it. It worked for me. Um, anything that you can do to have a better life, I endorse. But tell me you're hopeless. Do everything they say at these meetings and tell me in six months your life isn't better. And, you know, we can talk about it. Lots of people, right. lots of people say different stuff with that. Now, we're going to stop right now because we are joined by my father <laughs> in his opulent lake house. He's been snooping, waiting for the moment. He's finally lost patience. So he no, came he's tired and wants to go to bed. Everybody wants to go to bed, Lynn. It, it's the, the night is over. Not me. I'm ready to, I'm ready ready? to rock and roll. Okay. So, Dad, it is uh, my five years. Your family is visiting you on vacation. How has it been for you? I'm exhausted. Let me... <laughs> I'm it's t- been crazy. I'm totally exhausted. I've been waiting around for him to give me this high sign, and I'm falling asleep. I told you to uh, come down in 55 minutes, and you didn't come down. That was three hours ago you told me to come down in 55 minutes. You didn't minutes. come down. I told you I gave you a time. You didn't come down, so we just kept going. I was going to scream. Be grateful he's down. Say thank yeah, I'm you, so Dad. grateful you came downstairs. Uh, Dopey Nation, it's not been easy, let me tell you. Anyway, I'm very, I'm very happy that uh, he's five years clean, and I want him to be 50 more years is clean too. So, All right, yes. Do so, you have so, anything else for me here? Yes. Go. I want tell the dopey nation how difficult Susan is. Oh, Susie's she is such a cutie pie and very, very bright, but boy, is she a terror. Whew. What makes you think she's bright? <laughs> Oh, she, uh, she, she's really bright. She's, uh, I mean, she, she knows my name. <laughs> the funniest thing about Susan, and and to me, and this is like Susan's like need to beat animals. I just think it's hysterical. Um, like uh, we get the cat, and, and Susan like Susan like beats the cat. Beat, she beats the cat like Joe Pesci beats the guys no. in Goodfellas. She no, stomps. Remember, no, no. She remember, stomps the cat. Remember like, the mice? The mice and men story where yeah. Lenny like loves the the bunnies and just wants to hug them so tight to the point where the bunny gets. Me and you know, Susan, me Susan, me Susan, my dad and Nora go on a walk into the woods to find <laughs> orange salamanders, red Fs, and um, and uh, we find one. And Susan <laughs> picks up a stick and starts clubbing right. the salamander. And your dad, remember your dad goes. Isn't that a sign of like a sociopath? Remember you said that the first night. I, I was joking. Yeah, I, that I, means something. But then she she was taught to hold hold the red F very very carefully, and she Gentle. did. And, and then she, she did. squeezed the red F's brain out you of its the mouth. Red F. 
EFT. EFT. Yes. And she didn't really squeeze the brain. No, out don't listen to Dave. Oh, she God. pulls each leg off one at a time. Said, Stop. All right, I think he's past his bedtime, and that, and that's enough. Susie, right, Susie wanna, is wonderful. Uh, yes, Susan is a lot of fun. Do you want? And and she's also like. She's got a little bit of ogre blood in her because she's like five sizes too big. She like wears a, a five year old's clothes she and she's five two. Tea and she's two. Yeah. Now, um, Dad, your your big role is to read the review of the week, and um, this review is very critical of me. So get buckle in, Dopey Nation. Get upset. Here we go. Get upset. No, no, I, I think I read this already before, but I'm going to read it again. Great, he prepared himself. Uh, no, well, I read it. Uh, best, see, it says best show ever, but then it's a but. Five stars by Cookie Race. Cookie Race. I love this show because of the gritty, blunt, and harsh details that come along with addiction and drug use. I love the stories because it makes me think of my own when when I was in the same place as the people telling them. It makes me laugh out loud while reminding me it's not a place I want to go back to. I do miss Chris, and it hit me in a strange way when he passed as well. I was quite confused why it affected me so much, even though I never met him. Fact is, he touched my life my life some way without me even realizing it. Dave has become a fantastic interviewer and the guests have been amazing. The only thing that makes me cringe... Cringe. Yes, let's be calm here. The only thing that makes me cringe is on both sides of the interviews, Dave spends too much trying to get people to reassure him of his insecurities that he is good at whatever it may be he is seeking. How dare she say this? Whether it's some activity he is currently doing or something from his his past. He panders for approval for five minutes at a time at some point and won't quit until the person on on the side finally says, yes, Dave, you were great. I get it. We all have insecurities, but that can be saved from when... Not the, cookie race. Cookie race is perfect. Stop interrupting, please. Thank you. But make the... Wait a minute. See, my own... Wait a minute. Dave, you were great. I get it. We all have insecurities, but that can be saved for when there are not hundreds of thousands of people... Hundreds are, of thousands. Are, listen, cookie race. There are not hundreds <laughs> of thousands of people listening. My own taxes are what I found to be effective and make, them, make the show easier to listen to is to increase the speed to one and a half times. Oh, that's funny. It solves the problem for me to shorten some of the time-wasting material. Time-wasting material. But even with that one detail that bothers me, this is one of my favorite shows, and I look forward to it each week. Dave, keep up the good work, and I wish you well through your struggles of everything that has happened. Keep your head up at all times. Here's your five-star review. I think she's terrific. Cookie Cookie race is good. Listen, you, you can't have everyone praise you. You have to be able to be open to feedback. Cookie race. What does she need to put she, that in there? I think for? she made some good. She, was, she made some constructive. What's listen, it, constructive criticism listen, that you can? Yeah, you have to be able to grow. You can't grow, grow without grow hearing with po- it. Positive criticism. All right, Cookie Race. Thank you for the five star review. I will work. And you on, got a five star review. Listen. My pandering and begging and insecurities are all part of the process. It is the process from. So, what can you say to Cookie Race that's that's positive? Like some, can you? I'm going to say a couple things. First of all, Cookie Race. I think Cookie Race. Cookie. Cookie Race. Race. Cookie Raceland. I, I think Cookie Race is a great name. I love cookies, and I. I you know approve of your race in cookies. I think it's great. I think it's great that you gave me five stars. And I think it's great that you love the show and that you think I'm a fantastic interviewer. And I think 
Cookie Race is going to be part of me getting better at what I do. That's perfect. That's exactly the right attitude. So I'm going to say thank you, Cookie Race. And thank you, Dad, for reading the interview, reading the review. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. And Dopey Nation, why don't you leave a five-star review that doesn't say anything negative about me? (laughs) Just, why don't you try he that? He still hasn't learned. I know. I'm not pandering. I'm not being insecure. What about a five-star review where they're also giving you some constructive feedback? Isn't that like... It's terrific. I, I, I Thank you for the feedback. I appreciate it. Do you want to read another review or do we want to move on? I want, I want to go to bed. All right. Good night, Dad. <laughs> Before we end the show, I want to play... Uh, it is Chris's birthday week, and I want to have Chris in this show. So we're going to play. Good night, So we're going to play. Uh, you got to come here and say that. They can't hear you from over there. Good night, Dobie Nation. Stay strong and be safe, and toodles for Chris. That's great. Now, Perfect. before we go, I want to play a chopped and screwed of Chris. This one was called Episode 3, The Miseducation of Chris. And this was all put together by Worcester out of... Gloucester, Mass, and, um, you know, I, I can't have a Chris birthday go by without having Chris on the show, and I love these things. So here we go. Chopped right. and screwed. If anybody out there in the Dopey Nation is good at, like, cutting up audio, uh, why don't you hit us up? We will hand over the Dopey archives to you, and we can you can create a little audio collage. What? You want to do something with those one-liners. So this is like a chopped and screwed episode. So we'll call it the Chopped and Screwed episode. Do you think you're so perfect? You make no sense. You can't pronounce most words. You don't make any sense half the time. Did we already do this? I think no, we did this. You did some stick. Okay, we That's don't need what it to. Was. Okay. Chris recently learned the word shtick today. Shtick with an H. For hours he was saying, Dave, we'll just do some stick. <laughs> Listen, this is the swarves. The what? The swarves. Or the Swartz. <laughs> the Swartz, like from Spaceballs. It's are you, prepared are you, to vape that, yogurt. Oh, you're such it an is. asshole. It really is, dude. You do this on purpose, I right? I swear to God, it's the Swartz from... Uh, I'm going to fucking show you. Dude! What? It's not the Swartz. It's the Schwartz. The you Schwartz. fucking boy. <laughs> Look at it. You can't say shtick and you can't say Schwartz. What's wrong with you? What did I say earlier today? Schwartz. What did I say earlier today Dude. that you didn't like? I was going to lure somebody back to Listen, my apartment. He was going to lure somebody. <laughs> it's like, it's Dude, my not friend, My lure. friend is actually talking about it. I'm going to lure actually, someone back to my room. I hate the way Chris pronounces the word room. That's not a Doesn't it have two O's? That's <laughs> when they loft a bed, they use it to make more room. So the loft, it'll be like right near the ceiling. How can there be room and coffee and Did room I right? in the apartment? No, you said it wrong. But it's the same use of the word room. Uh, Chris is going to be rocking back and forth any second. I need the food. I like we need our alu gobi. Makes me excited. It's alu gobi. Alu gobi. We got some Indian food on the way. Listen, if there are any Indians in our listening audience, can you please let us know if it's pronounced gobi or gobi? What is it called? Samosa what? Samosa chat. Do you think the samosa chat 
that existed before champagne and orange juice? That's a mama, so you Oh, that's a... And I slide it underneath, you right? You slid it. I slid it. <laughs> I slid it. So I slid it underneath the, the divider. He looked at the bars of chocolate he got, and one of them is like this dark chocolate with like peppers in it, like cayenne pepper or something. Dude, it says... Spice chili. Spice chili. It's a canine pepper. <laughs> Is that the way you pronounce it? Let me see. It doesn't even do nothing, huh? doesn't do anything, though. No. Here we are. In the Lower East Side of Manhattan. You're supposed to say on the Lower East Side. Oh, is it on? Yeah. It feels like there's a lot more energy, a lot more reverb. <laughs> I don't know if I'm using that correctly. You're not. What is it? Isn't a Yeti like a Middle Eastern guy or something? Is that a joke? I swear to God, I'm not joking. It, it amazes me. <laughs> it amazes me how much Chris knows and then how much he doesn't know. I don't know anything about the different strands of weed. <laughs> They're strains. Yeah. The lethality of intravenous drug use. Intra- intravenous? Intravenous? Am I saying that wrong too? Dude, that's your like bread and butter. Intravenous. Intravenous. What's in- is that a word? No, I don't know. Intravenous drug use. Now, I was going to ask very banal questions about the nature. Banal. That's pronounced banal. Is it? It's a Goya. You know what I mean? And so I, I what's ate Goya? Goya is who makes it. G O Y A. That's who makes. That's it. That's a Spanish company. Oh, is it? Maybe it's not Goya. No. Maybe there's a J in there. Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's Jua. <laughs> yeah. It um, is not Goya. Kind of like a, like he's like a handsome man, but he was he was overweight, and he would take nunchucks and like practice nunchucks. 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 He would, um, yeah, he fucking practiced nunchucks. Then there was the painted face lady. Who did you think they were called numchucks? Num. What did I say? Like my face is numb from numb the chucks. Anesthetic. No. Nunchucks. N u n. Me and this other kid, his name was Jeremy. Would Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah, we would make make the hoops. Not Jeremy. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Unless his name is Jeremy. Maybe it was Jeremy. Nobody's name is Jeremy. His name is probably Jeremy. Anyway, continue. Or how about when that other guy emailed us and he thought Jeremy was part of the show? Yeah. He's like, hi, Dave, Chris, and Jeremy. That's like one of the... So he clearly listened to one episode. His name is Jeremy. Jeremy. I sang it right. You said Jeremy I again. I sang it right. <laughs> <laughs> I sang it right. And then I showed up and I was kind of deterring to Dave... Because like deferring, deferring. To Dave, deferring to Dave, I'm going straight to Habab. Um, did you say shish kebab? Habab, Habad, Habad with a D. Habad. Yeah, and they say no, and then they talk about Habab. Anyways, I talk Can about you not disrespected by calling it Habab. Habad. It's like crazy disrespect. <laughs> you call it Habab? How do you say it? Habad. Habad. Okay, so would you talk to me? I say like you know, is the taglatel good? What's taglatel? You know what taglatel is? Oh my god! No, I'm not from your tax oh bracket. Oh my god! What's taglatel? You want like a short rib taglatel? It's beautiful. What is it? It's a type of pasta. Taglatel. I'm sure you're mispronouncing it. Taglatel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you invite all your Facebook friends to like Dopey. No, I invite certain ones. Certain? Certain. <laughs> While it's coursing through my blood and I'm waiting for it to hit, it's not even the effects that through I like. Through your blood. Yes, through my blood. Can Just, we tell the Dopey Nation where to find them or does that spoil the anonymity? <laughs> <laughs> Let's say you want... Le petit écolier cookies. Le petit écolier. Écolier. I think it's a cure. It's écolier. It means schoolboy. I love le petit écolier. <laughs> it's écolier. Like this is classic rock now. Classic. I mean, this, is, this is classic rock. <laughs> this is classic rock. <laughs> we met at Abompane, whatever. Abompane. Abompane. <laughs> 
I need like some of those machatas. They're called maracas. Maracas. It's a wafer. waffle waiting. It's a, uh, a waffleton. <laughs> it's a waffleton. I do a little shtick, a little Japanese shtick. Okay. And say arigato, and I do stuff like that, you yeah. know? And they like that. Yeah, arigato. And I, no, you say arigato is how you say it. Arigato is an American thing. Good job, Chris and Dave. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> My, my opinion. <laughs> Did you really think it was bravo? <laughs> my opinion. <laughs> yeah, Japanese there you go, ragging on me for Francesca, and then you're beating it's up on it. Francesca. And then you're, what are some of the songs on there? Some Lil Yachty and stuff I think like it's that. pronounced Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty. But they have Reese's peanut butter cups to use Reese's. in lieu. It's not Reese's. In lieu. It's Reese's. It's Reese's peanut butter cups. It's not Reese's. They it's also Reese's. have arugula too on the side. Uh, so dad, the- dad, 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 <laughs> dad, come here. <laughs> Dad, come here. The word the supermarket. This has happened for a year already. We're at the supermarket, and he he's like, "Oh, I see rugula." And I tell him, it's not rugula. It's rugula. It's a a Jewish dessert. And he says, no, Dave, it's rugula. I said, motherfucker, I'm Jewish and from New York. You're Christian and from Boston. You don't know what it's called. Any English-speaking dope fiend could host your show, and all of the parenting either one of you incorrigible reprobates does is a... Reprobate. 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 Are you sure it's not reprobate? Forever, we will elucidate the details behind the dopey intern contest. What's elucidate? Make clear. How can you say elucidate but you don't know the word reprobate? It's reprobate. Reprobate is not a word. Well, the word for inhaling drugs? Encephalate. You say encephalate and elucidate, but you couldn't even say fucking combative. You're saying <laughs> and you can't say reprobate. You're, something's wrong with you. Reprobate. Just straight frontal. 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 So you are a caring person. Sometimes it gets clouded by a little bit of neuroticism, and you have a, a temper that flies out. It's not neuroticism. It's neuroses. The real reason is we're totally disorganized, and we just push. Disorganized. Disorganized. Exactly. Suboxone. I think it's pronounced suboxone. I'm grinding. You're not grinding. I'm grinding. I'm really <laughs> grinding. <laughs> I am grinding. Continue the list ad infinitum. Ad infinitum. Infinitum? Infinitum. Ad infinitum. Do you know anything about beat it? No. Beat it. Uh, I know about eat it. What the, do you know? the weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> you can't even pronounce the weird Al's name right. Canadia is a big country, guys. And home. Canadia? Canadia. <laughs> Canadia. <laughs> But somebody who has the gestalt, the larger picture. I think it's called gestalt. Gestalt. You only need to get surgery if the muscle is teared beyond a certain point. So I think it's torn. No, that's old too. Read the most newest one. The most recent. If you could interview one fictional character who happens to be a drug addict and alcoholic. Who would that be? What fictional addict would I want to... Fictional? Is that what I said? Fictional. It's always heartbreaking (laughs) to hear that. Oh, boy. But it's funny, right? It's so funny. All right. So happy birthday, Chris. Yes. Happy five years, me. Aren't you you incredibly proud? Or am I doing what... um, cookie race is saying that i do so no more of that no more of me begging for compliments and harping on what i'm so gonna, good at you're gonna change that from now on from now It'll on never that, happen. that is not on the show anymore Very it's critical. over 
Do you um? Did you love the the Chris? Oh, I love. Well, we laughed a lot. We were staring at each other, laughing. It's yeah. good stuff. I mean, it's like uh, it's such a tragedy that he's gone. Um, it's so amazing to me that so many people get to like uh, relive the moments. But um, so thank you, Wista. Yeah. Thank you, Linda. I think you were a wonderful co-host. Well, thank you. And um, thank you, Dad, who was on. Thank you, Dopey Nation. Thank you, Cormac, for setting up Reddit and pitching in. Thank you, Facebook people, Andrew and Catherine. And Cookie Race. And thank you, Cookie <laughs> Race. Just, just thank you. And thank you, Misty, for all the work that Misty does. You know, Nora travels with her Misty Nightlight. Did of you see course, that? of course. It's plugged into her room here at the lake. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Stay strong, yeah. Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles Ooh. for Chris. Hey, how's it going? This is John Sullivan calling. I'm a firefighter for the city of Worcester. I used to love slamming that wicked fire dope and drinking wicked dark beer. Now I'm clean and sober. I'm wicked grateful for Dopey. I'm wicked grateful for my sponsor. And I'm wicked grateful for my higher power. Merry Christmas, Dave. I'm sure Chris is up in heaven looking down on us with his goofy smile. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and toodles!
Avenue program. Thank you very much.